Welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. God is doing incredible things in Tampa. Learn more about us at horizontampabay.com. We hope you find today's message inspiring and encouraging. Let's dive in. Good morning. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors of Horizon Church, and it's great to have you with us this morning. Uh, and just even the few moments before uh, when I was setting up for this morning, I, I moved this couch just a few feet, and I found an Easter egg, Play-Doh, and a marker underneath the couch here. And this pretty much sums up how the last three weeks at the Allen House has been. Um, it's been chaos of toys, of art, and games. Um, it's been a totally life-changing experience having a two-year-old and a three-year-old here 24-7 as we've uh, tried to, to be productive in work. And I just imagine that your life has been a little chaotic as well, whether that's your house is full of people like ours is, or you found yourself a little bit more isolated, um, being more alone, and it's, it's been stressful for you as well. Um, this week, we, we enter a story of Jesus journeying into Jerusalem and then ultimately to the cross and to the tomb that we'll talk about next week on Easter Sunday. And so this Sunday, this Sunday I wanted to share a little bit from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 with you. Um, for me, it's been a little comforting to actually have a physical Bible as so much as our, our world has turned to virtual. And I've, I was a huge, I am still am a huge fan of the Bible app. So if you have that with you, but if you also have a, a physical, tangible Bible with you, I invite you to, to grab it right now. We'll be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, starting at verse 18. This is what it says. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those of us who are being saved. And when you skip down to to verse 22, it says, The Jews ask for signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, which is a scandal to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. The, The story of the cross is much like what we're in right now, it's chaos all around us. Um, it was a stumbling block. It was something that people just tripped over. It made no sense to their lives. And I know in my own life, I, I, I think back of when I, when I first heard the stories of Jesus. It, it was a strange story, but yet it was a story of Jesus on the cross became so normal in my own life that I, I, I glance right over it. You, you might have grown up in the church and have heard these, these kind of canned expressions of like, Jesus died for your sins of that Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross, that, that God loved, his, loved us so much that he sent his only son to the cross for us. But yet then we don't say much more about the cross after that. It's just kind of empty after that. And we keep the cross at a distance. We don't want to go to the cross and really talk about it. But yet these stories tell us that that's where Jesus calls us, to experience that life on the cross right there. And so for non-religious people, it's just foolishness. And for the religious people, it's something that just makes no sense because it's a complete scandal. It's a stumbling block for them. And when you think about the history of the cross, of crucifixion in the Roman Empire, this Roman Empire was a large encompassing area. They'd conquered a lot of different lands that were then ruled by different uh, territorial kings. and, And the one way that they were able to keep the empire together was to, to suppress uprisings, to keep uprisings and revolts down. And so the, the cross then had two purposes for the Roman Empire. The first was 
it was a way of execution that created maximum pain. It was a slow, agonizing death. And the second thing crucifixion did was it was a very public way for someone to die. They would often put crosses on the ways into town and with this statement essentially saying, do not defy Rome. Because see, this is what will happen when you defy Rome. And so Jesus was a threat to Rome. And so that's why he ended up on the cross. And for the Jewish people, for the religious people, to have Jesus on the cross was a complete scandal to them because the religious people were wanting a great liberator to, to free them from their oppressors, from the Romans. And the Messiah that would come would be someone of strength, would be someone that would free them, would establish a new justice, would be more powerful than Rome. And you see, the cross was, was something that was painful. It was something that Jesus had to do endure suffering and ultimately death. And surely, surely that could not be who God was for the religious people. That could not be who God was. Someone that would die. Because the God that they were looking for, the Messiah that they were looking for, was much more powerful than that. And you see, for the non-religious people, this was just complete foolishness that, that God could possibly be a crucified Jewish man. This, this would have been a thought that the Greeks would have just completely laughed at. And so we have a problem, right? Because when we look at ourselves today, we're the same as in Paul's world. Paul had only had two types of people and he understood. There were the Jews, the religious folks. There were the Gentiles, the non-religious folks. And for us today, it's, it's easy to say, right? We, we, we get the cross. We understand it. But yet, I, I think it's true for us today. Because us religious folks, you, me, other Christians, we want to make our lives better. We want religion to make our lives better, right? We love Jesus when he, when he teaches some some moral things that we can live our life a little bit better. We love it when he cares about people and we love it when he takes us to those mountaintop moments, when we feel the presence of God in our lives. And yet we, we kind of dislike those moments when he, he says you gotta love your enemies and I, and I really actually mean this. We kind of overlook some of those things where, he, where Jesus says you've gotta be willing to suffer you got to make some sacrifices. You might actually have to die to yourself to follow me. We don't like it when he tells us that we're, we're in deep need of forgiveness. But yet, those are the parts of the story that are symbolized in the cross, right? The part where we talk about sacrifice to follow Jesus. The parts where we talk about our need of forgiveness in our own lives. Because we want to look at our life and we want to look out for ourselves. We want our lives to be better. We want to live our best life now, right now, right? But yet Christ on the cross is where we discover power and wisdom. In a world that, that says our greatest hope is in looking after ourselves, Jesus on the cross says our greatest hope is in being honest. Being honest that we don't have it all together. Our greatest hope is when we're real with each other, that our world is hurting right now, right? Our greatest hope is when we're honest about the wounds in our life. 
when we're honest about how we've not done everything right, when we failed at times, that my life is a wreck and I'm not fine, that's when Jesus says, that's where you find your greatest hope. And if you're in need of more wisdom, more power in your life right now, I invite you to, to look, turn towards the cross with me this week. Turn towards the cross because it's in the cross. It's in the chaos of the life we're experiencing right now that God's going to give us the greatest hope. This week, I'm going to be reading uh, on my Bible app uh, a reading plan. that I, I, there's, there's a link on that it's going to be shared right now on the Facebook live stream and on our, our website as well that you can join with me. We'll be reading through the Lord's Prayer that we used last week in worship. We'll be reading it through for the next seven days as we move from, from worry and chaos to the hope of the cross. And I, I pray that you'll join me in, in that journey this week in reading the scriptures because I think God will do something amazing in your life as we move from the chaos that we experience each day to the hope that we find and the chaos of itself of the cross, because that's, that's, that's where God makes God's self real to us in this world. Would you pray with me? God, in this moment of life where, where it feels like everything we've known has been ripped apart, where everything is, is being turned upside down, God, give us your peace. Help us to turn towards you in these moments that we would experience the hope, the power and the wisdom that you would have for us, not the stuff that we want for ourselves, but that you would have for us because it's there, there that we'll find real life. God, we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Each week at Horizon, sorry, each week at Horizon, we celebrate what we call Holy Communion in the Christian tradition. And Holy Communion is just, it's a, its two things. It's a remembrance of, of what it is that Jesus did in the Last Supper with his closest friends and disciples. And it's a reminder to us that we are sent out into a chaotic mm. and scary world, a world marked by crosses and suffering um, to shine light and ignite change. And, and Jesus reminded his disciples, his closest friends on the night before he died of this. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know that not all of you have probably have crackers and juice at your house. We had orange juice and not grape juice, so we we're having to make do. But I just wanted to offer us this morning an opportunity to have communion together. I think one of the most touching things that I've seen as Chris and I and the kids have walked through our neighborhood or even I've been on social media or um, seen the news is, is this statement, all in this together. And I think that's what Jesus reminds us of the most in this last meal that he has with his disciples. And I think it's something that God would continue to remind us as, as communion, as we, we eat together and fellowship together in this moment. I, I think it's still what God would remind us is that we are all in this together in a world mm. marked with brokenness and hurt and suffering that somehow God, through his infinite grace and power and love, um, bring us together. So if you have some cookies or milk or juice or whatever you want to use in this moment, gather your family together. If, if you don't have a family, if you're eating alone, I want you to know that we are indeed all in this together. Um, and I want you to remember this. Um, 
Jesus took bread. We have crackers this morning. He took bread and and he he gave thanks to God for the bread because he knew he couldn't Mm -hmm. make it on his own. I'm reminded that it was the Passover and so people were scrambling to get the things they needed for this meal together that day so there didn't feel like there was a lot of extra bread. But he took the bread that they had and he gave thanks to God that they had what they needed for the meal that day. And And he broke the bread and he told those people at the at the meal with him. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. It's going to be broken for you on a cross. And and he shared it with his disciples. And he said, take, eat, and remember how much I love you and that I want to make you whole. And then when the dinner was over, he took a cup of, they had wine at the moment. Um, we have orange juice right now. And he took that cup and he, he gave thanks to God for it. He said, thank you for this that we have. And he, he shared it with his disciples and he said, this is my blood, which will be poured out for you. It's a sign of a, a new promise, a promise that you'll be forgiven and that life is going to be different and new. It, things are going to be chaotic, but please, folks, this is what Jesus is pleading with his disciples. Please remember, I, I love you. And when things feel broken and, and they've fallen apart, and even when you don't do things right, when you have to face that, that shame and that chaos, know that, that I long to make you whole and I love you and I am with you always. Mm. And so I want you to remember that as you eat this today, that God is with you, that God loves you, that you are forgiven and you are loved. And folks, I want you to hear this loud and clear. We are all in this together. Eat. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you, (laughs) the blood of Christ given for you. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Will you pray with me? God, we, we thank you for the reminders that we are never alone, that you are with us always, and that even when things are chaotic and confusing, You want to use us all to shine your light and ignite your change. Thank you for using us. Amen. Amen. Camille is now going to sing a song, so join in with her as as we sing this song and close out worship. Thank you for joining us. See you next Sunday at 10 for Easter. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Church Podcast. If you are in the Tampa area, consider joining us one Sunday. You can also be a part of shining light and igniting change by financially supporting the ministries of Horizon Church at horizontampabay.com giving. Thank you again for joining us 